your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Six multi-point scorers lead shorthanded VGK to a 6-5 to five win in Winnipeg. We talk about Bruce Cassidy's injury updates and Miro's first NHL goal. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. We thank you all for making us your first listen each and every day. You can find us on Twitter at LockdownVGK, at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G., and, of course, we've got our YouTube channel that is Locked on Golden Knights. Please do not delay. Subscribe today. Wow. I'm rhyming this morning. Uh, so a wild one in Winnipeg, uh, Chris, last night as Jonathan Marcheseau scores two power play goals for VGK. Um, and now uh, VGK and Winnipeg, 12 out of 13 meetings. Um, the game winner has scored four more goals and last time the game losers scored four more goals too and so along with marcia so and his two power play goals five other golden knights also had multi-point games and so we saw chandler stevenson with four assists uh that was great daniel marimanoff will dedicate an entire segment to him and uh his three points last night first nhl goal Mark Stone had a couple of goals, must have been listening yesterday because we're talking about perhaps he's broken down and all that. Uh, Smith had two assists. Uh, my Twitter feed just went bananas last night. William Curie got, got an empty netter? Or well, Carlson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. William Carlson just leaking out, basket hanging again as usual. Uh, but good thing for Carlson, though. Good thing because uh, we saw Shifley score that other goal, a late goal. Uh, someone had tweeted out, I think Steve, uh, Steve Carp, one of the uh, VGK reporters, um, really tough loss with two seconds to go if you had that reverse line. Well, the reverse VGK, puck line, yeah. Yeah, minus one and a half. <laughs> you really uh, got stung there. So 6-5, <clears throat> Shifley capping off the hat trick last night with that uh, final goal, two seconds uh, left, and 6-5 to five was your final. Let's get some of your impressions, Chris. Well, I guess uh, it's good to be wrong sometimes. Me and you both thought that VGK was, I mean, I I, I predicted 4-2 Winnipeg. You said 5-2 Winnipeg. Neither one of us had Vegas in this one. And, I mean, where, where do you start? You know, you, you see the first period. VGK, I thought, had a decent early start, and then the ice got tilted pretty fast. Um, Miramanov gets the game-tying goal right away, not, much, not long after uh, the first Winnipeg goal. And then you look at the shot disparity in the first period, like, okay, BGK is a live dog right now, right? You know, it's the it's the six to one horse that, you know, is making a late move, right? There's there's a shot, you know, and up and back, up and back, up and back. Uh, Cassidy alluded to is like a junior game where just a lot of scoring up and back and you don't really know how it's going to wind up. And power play goals, big goals, timely goals, tip-ins, if there's something – it would have been nice to win this game a little bit cleaner. We can definitely assess that. Aiden Hill, I don't think he had a bad game. A lot of goals given up. But you look at the goals, traffic in front of the net. We've traffic. been talking about this a lot. Yeah, a lot of All traffic. Sorts of traffic. A lot yep. of tips, a lot of rebounds. And 
the VGK defense, there they were they were sizable. I wouldn't say they were big by any means, but they were, you know, they're average if I had to compare it to the NHL just at the eye test. And now they're smaller and less experienced. So they got to find a way to clean it up in front of the net. You can't win every game six to five, but we will definitely take this one. No one out there, starting with me and you, we didn't think Aiden Hill was going to go last night. We all thought Logan Thompson and LT goes today and tomorrow. And this is the first time Cassidy kind of uh, started about a weekday, right? He got a Tuesday. He got a Tuesday night start. So I thought that was actually a smart move because you got to get two points on this trip, right? You got to find a way to get two points. And you start LT Thursday against Chicago, which gives us the best opportunity to win that game against a not so good team. And if we get one or two points Tuesday in Winnipeg, even better. You just got to find a way to win tomorrow night. Now you got to sweep this road trip. I felt that it was sort of a message from Cassidy to LT as well. Just again, uh, he likes to have that little edge and competitive nature, I think, uh, to kind of push LT now. I, I really do feel he, he I mean, sort but of sent a, sent a he message. played fine against Boston. Like, what, what, what's the message? Well, the message is just, you know, he just wants him to stay sharp or get sharper. I mean, really, okay. there were some, some bad goals. And as you said, traffic in front of the net, I think – you could probably attribute maybe three of the five goals. Yeah, I was just watching the, the replays, and it's it's either a tip or a rebound right there. You know, and the rebounds weren't bad rebounds. It was, you know, Winnipeg's got a bunch of big power forwards. You give them that chance, and they're gonna they're gonna convert like Mark Stone. <laughs> Why is this team much looser on the road? Uh, they just played a better brand of hockey. Uh, you know, offensively, especially. Let's start there. Like, why are they just more productive, looser? Uh, again, you know, they they just were skating up and down the ice. They just found a groove, a rhythm. I, I don't understand why they, they're not feeling that at home. Maybe Cassidy is just a bad coach that can't match lines. I mean that very, very loosely <laughs> and passively. But remember, the road team gets – the has to change has to put their players out there first during a stoppage and then the home team matches up so maybe cassie just can't match up i i don't know i mean all joking aside i think a, a big chunk of that is on cassidy for not having him ready at home cassidy buys into the first game back from the road trip he buys into the fact that when there's a holiday and the players are at home it could create a distraction. And again, we're not, it's human. It's, 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 it's life. It's, 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 you know, it's whatever to that. But if Cassidy is buying into it and not finding a way to get the team ready besides by canceling Christmas and kids parties and uh, running errands, um, you know, he's got to figure that out. This is on the coach to have the team ready, especially at home. And the good thing, I mean, if we're going to put a positive spin on their poor home record, which I think is 500 right now, if I'm not mistaken, it's going to get better. It should get better. And their ability to win on the road with ease, it's with ease, what, two two regulation home lo- or road losses, if I'm not mistaken. So the home games will get better. They're in a good spot, I guess. You know, injuries withstanding if we can get past this and, you know, like I said, this is a big win. This Winning this game last night erases the San Jose home loss. It erases the St. Louis Blues home loss. Whatever, however you want to spin that, this is a game VGK should not have got a point in, let alone one. So let's celebrate that as long as they take care of business tomorrow in Chicago. That's the, you hope there's not some weird letdown after a big win on Tuesday night. You hope uh, 
LT could lock it down and, uh, you know, VGK can win with by only scoring three or three or four goals instead of needing six goals. Okay. Let me express what I was trying to say a little bit earlier about Aiden Hill, about Logan Thompson. And I felt as though Cassidy wants to take, let's say, take LT out of his comfort zone. He thinks that that's going to be his start. He feels starting to get a little bit more comfortable. And then you suddenly have the coach go, no, let's play Aiden. And our strategy is, again, we do want to you know, try to sweep this, this uh, trip. And then I, I just felt that he might have uh, kind of just – you have to take these guys out of their comfort zone at some point just so they can try to stay sharper. That's it. That, that it's was, a fair statement. That yeah. is a very, very fair statement, no doubt. Yeah. So, uh, again, it's a season series sweep for the VGK. They win all three games against Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg, I think, has 10 losses and three of them against VGK. So uh, that's pretty good. But now they're done with that season series. And Winnipeg, they were this. I think uh, my son loves loves doing this with me. So we have this little game that my son grabs my phone. He looks at the standings and we, he names a team. And I have to guess where they are, where they are overall <laughs> in the entire league. He gives me three guesses and, you know, I try and get close. And I think Winnipeg going into last night was six or seven. And now they dropped to ninth. But point being is I love that game. Oh, it's fun. But point being is Winnipeg. What's that? (laughs) That definitely keeps you sharp. Oh, it it definitely does. And Winnipeg's a good team. They were six or seventh last night. They dropped a couple, uh, a couple notches with the loss, but I mean, they beat a top 10 division leading team on their ice. They beat, uh, if the season ended right now, a Vesna finalist in Connor Hellbuck, and they got five goals past him. That's that's a big deal. And without Jack Eichel, without Shea Theodore, without Petrangelo, you know, three offensive weapons right now, and Zach Whitecloud, obviously, of course, too. But the other three players, certainly that's a lot of points on the VGK roster right now. I think it's, what is that, near 70 points or 60 points or something like that? So, Major kudos to the VGK. We definitely didn't think, you know, and we weren't being down on the VGK. We were simply offering a real time reality perspective that they were going to have a tough game and kudos that they were able to overcome what, what, whatever Cassidy put out there, kudos to Cassidy for getting them ready. And, you know, the road wins seem to be coming easy right now and hopefully they can figure this out on home ice. And if that's the case, all of a sudden it's a, it's a recipe for a possibly, a long run, and obviously, hopefully, this wasn't an outlier or a blip last night. Okay, so the Dasco Media Center here, Media Central, last night. Need some decorations in there. It looks a little bland. It is very bland. I like that. It, I'm a minimalist, I guess you could say, in this set. <laughs> but so last night, okay, I've got everything going on streams and what have you, and I'm listening to. <laughs> to the VGK broadcast in the background and okay the narrative quit it just quit it please I know it's not I know it's not Friday yet they're trailing four to three and suddenly it comes on thick and heavy and VGK you know playing without all these players and the injuries and the no quit it man because they're in the game it's a four to three game and then I'm watching my timeline on Twitter and then people are following suit yeah, you know, luckily we just hung around in this game. No, you're you're down just the one goal, the stupid uh, penalty uh, that they had on Kessel uh, there, you know, the high stick on uh, Piak, whatever, right? So you're in this game. 
it's three minutes to go, and already the narrative is, woe is me. No, stop it. They need to just quit that here. It was every, everywhere. It's permeating. Yeah, you know, we hung around while we could. We're still missing all these players. No, they they have this opportunity to win, and that's those are those moments where they failed to pull out wins last season with all those injuries. Okay, I just got – I had enough of it. Oh, the Carlson empty netter, man. You have to – if you really want some good yucks, if you want to laugh, you need to go to my Twitter feed, at Tony Dasco, because I just started to retweet all of them, and they were killing me. He was just basket hanging. Your, your fingers must be sore. Um, <laughs> to, to the narrative, I, I get what you're saying, and, and it's fair, and that, that was my perspective, and this is when – when I got crapped on, you know, a week and a half ago, whenever the, the Boston game happened where VGK <laughs> had the three goal we're lead. both getting crapped on. I no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. and I can take it. It's fun. Yeah, no, I can too. And But I am with you. I'm not a fan of excuses. I'm not a fan of, you know, yes, there's injuries. Yes, there's tough times right now. But like you said, it's a one-goal game. Let's focus on the fact that the game is in the balance and the team is doing well. And again, going back to the Boston game, <clears throat> yes, Boston's a good team. Okay, fine. We said it. Yay. They coughed up a three-goal lead. Yes, they won the game in, over, in, in that shootout. Cool. Awesome. Yay. Good. But you cannot constantly do that and have success in the NHL. That'll definitely crush you in the playoffs. You can't ever spot a team a game based on something like that. So, sure, we're going to be hard on it. And I think it's a fair perspective that you offered. I think it's fair for me to, you know, be mad that they – beat the Bruins in the, in the fashion that they did. It's fair. Yeah, and Winni- Winnipeg could have, uh, they could have whined because uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, was in and out of the lineup. He was really sick last night. Oh, wow. uh, the flu was going around their locker room. Oh, great. Now it's going to be in VGK. Awesome. Okay. So, yeah, but I'm just saying they could have had excuses as well. It's rigged. And I did. I walked out of the room for a moment. My good friend, Zig Fercasi on Sirius uh, XM Radio uh, pointed out, and I missed it. They gave away a big screen TV last night on the Winnipeg feed, and I I missed that. I You're gonna call in and uh, see if they ship it down to the states or what? <laughs> I could have, and I did order one of those scarves myself. So for is that you know, the, you... the football soccer scarf? <laughs> yeah, you know they're gonna be selling those at T-Mobile on Saturday. Of course, you know they're gonna be selling them. <laughs> of course, I'm fans are gonna eat mine. it up. They're gonna eat it up. I'm waiting for mine in two weeks plus because I've been doing all these podcasts and TV interviews in the UK. So I was going to wear one the next time. And then I, I hope it's not the same one that they all were wearing. Okay. Stay with us. We're way off the rails today. Uh, We've got the injury updates for VGK. Bruce Cassidy gave us some updates yesterday. We'll pass them along. We'll talk about how they're filling some roles, et cetera. We return right here on locked on golden Knights. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, for stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league that's out there, from football to basketball, soccer to esports, the National Hockey League. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest, the easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn much, much more. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back from Las Vegas. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick here. And thanks for making us your number one choice, your number one podcast, your first listen each and every day. And you can find our podcast wherever 
podcasts are available. Our YouTube channel, Lockdown Golden Knights, that's fire. And leave your comments and please subscribe there. Injury updates. Okay, so let's see. So Jack Eichel, this is according to Bruce Cassidy's presser with his nice little scarf that he was wearing. Um, Jack Eichel listed as day-to-day, but he's not on the trip. So I tweeted out, should be days-to-days. Because he's not on the trip, so he couldn't have been day-to-day yesterday, the day before, because he could have, might have been able to play yesterday in any event. So Eichel out day-to-day. Shea Theodore, uh, week-to-week. And Zach Whitecloud, what we saw coming month-to-month. I'm supposed to talk. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah um, um, you. It's... It's all, cons- I mean, Jack Eichel day I to keep day. Talking. I <laughs> Jack Eichel day to day. I, I'm okay with, I, I'm buying that it's not going to be a long-term situation there, or they would have utilized IR or God forbid LTIR for him. And they don't need to do it for him or Theodore right now, because if they have no more players coming or no trade coming or anything like that, there's no need to move them into one of those spots unless they need to open up a roster spot or cash. So Knock on wood, it's a shorter than longer term outlook for both those players. Eichel, hopefully back by Saturday would be nice. Um, But again, the concern, it's always a concern when you see a player go down, get hurt, miss a couple games, play one game, and then they're out again. You certainly hope that is not a uh, more damage wasn't done. And you wonder if this might be the type of injury where there's discomfort. You got to just kind of play through it as long as you can. This is what Mark Stone went through last year with his back and whatever that piece of shrapnel that they pulled out of it was. He went as long as he could and then finally basically shut him down, tried to do something for the stretch run, and we got a about a 55% healthy Mark Stone down the stretch. Hopefully Jack Eichel's leg situation is not something similar to that. We hope not. Shea Theodore is a minor concern. Week to week, I'll buy, you know, someone at two to three week range. Hopefully we'll see him back. Maybe a, a target would be January 1st. I think that's a, you know, two and a half weeks or so from now, that would be a nice time. Maybe that new year's Eve game against Nashville or, or new year's Eve, they're calling it new year, <clears throat> new year's Eve. And they're wearing the reverse retro Jersey. So my son's excited for that one. Of course, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, White cloud. I'm concerned there. I'm concerned that we will not see him. And I hate to be that downer. That's a, uh, the second someone goes down, you know, I always yell at my dad for this. And when he's watching a football game or a hockey game, someone goes down, oh, it looks terrible. He's down. I'm like, dad, chill out there. See what happens. And th- that's the perspective I'm taking with White Cloud right now. I think White Cloud, there's, I mean, I'm not going to handicap, but I want to put it in those types of terms. But I think there's a chance we do not see White Cloud the rest of the season. I hope I'm wrong on that. I hope I get yelled at for that by uh by our uh, listeners saying I'm a downer and I hope I'm wrong, (laughs) but I think there is a reasonable chance. I I think best case scenario would be maybe a stretch run into the playoffs, which would be good. But I honestly think there's a shot. We will not see white cloud the rest of the season. Yeah. And so Theodore um, was banging of the knees. Now let me ask you a question. Don't they have padding on their knees? Yeah. Okay. So in any event, so that didn't save him. I always worry. You know, in the NFL, uh, so when I was in high school, I had to have my knee drained multiple times because, you know, during the course of a season, because, and I even had pads on, okay, over it, because your knees just take a beating. And today, 
they wear those uh, the padding. They, they don't wear any padding. Uh, basically, their knees are exposed in the NFL, and they always get smashed in the knees, which is kind of dumb. But, you know, talk about that equipment there, you know, and how they try to protect their knee area in the National Hockey League. And, yes. and, and, and bumping knees, banging knees, and at that high speed, you know, my I've had that happen before. It's a couple of weeks, literally, because once uh, – before that swelling goes down. You, you got a thick shin pad. I mean, it's a very – thick it's a lightweight material so you have the flexibility to move and stuff but keep in mind um i'm not sure if forwards and defensemen wear different types of equipment i'm sure there's some forwards that or some players in general that have been wearing the same shin shin pads since uh you know in kessel's spot since 1999 or something like that <laughs> um you know once you get that piece of equipment that that's yours and it molds your body and you never change that but point being is i gotta think the defenseman might be a little more protected than the forwards depending on what type of shin pads they wear, but it's a thick material that covers probably a good three quarters of your knee side to side. The back is exposed, but very rarely do you got to worry about taking a puck or contact back there. That said, I mean, you're on ice. It's a high rate of speed. Your foot's not going to dig in when that contact happens. Who knows how your foot is going to land once it hits the ice. And sometimes being on the ice is the saving grace as well. So your body slides instead of digs in like on a hard basketball court or things like that. But yes, there's a lot of padding there. And, you know, you can take, especially these NHL players, they can take an 80 mile an hour shot to the knee pads or to the shin pads and not feel a thing necessarily. It just bounces off. It's not that big of a deal. But when you're, you take that type of contact and your body is just bending in an unnatural way, especially your, your leg, it's just, you know, like a twig, basically the way it attaches you know to the hip and it's just going to go wherever the force takes it. And that's where the damage gets done. I don't think, any damage occurred when he hit the ice. I think the, the collision itself is when whatever happened, happened. And we hope it's maybe a small extension. We hope I'm not a, a doctor person by any means, but you hope it's something small that, you know, a couple weeks of discomfort, it'll get better and we'll get it back sooner than later. And that's what the outlook seems to be, thankfully. And that equipment obviously would have to be body armor for Alec Martinez because he's blocked so many shots. And last night, let's talk about the D pairings last night. Um, and we had Martinez and Haig, uh, and then we had McNabb and uh, Merrill, and then we had uh, Hutton and Pahal. That's yeah. I mean, I'm, I was I was trying to digest that as you were saying it, and I, I wish I would have looked at the minutes played. I'm curious how many minutes Hutton and Pahal got versus uh, versus the other uh, <laughs> the other veteran pairings out there, right? I mean, what a, what a time, huh? What a what a time right now. And listening to Cassidy's presser, he did uh, feel Pahal had had a, a good game, all things mm-hmm. considered. Uh, a lot of praise for Miramanov and made the comment, you know, European player coming to the to the American to the National League it's a little bit different and his quote is you know we'll, we'll teach him how to play we'll, we'll get him there so it, it's a great quote it's a, it's an attaboy it's uh hey you did a good job you still got a little ways to go but we'll get you there and I mean Miramanov all of a sudden is working his way up the depth chart right now due to injuries and and players out for personal matters and we're, we'll talk more of Miramanov, Miramanov I don't want to spoil too much but listen at the end of the day that that defensive group you just mentioned did give up five goals and that's a concern. Um, Hopefully they can get some confidence against, against the Blackhawks who can have no trouble scoring with the skilled players they have. But in the same breath, I think uh, 
in my last uh, quiz with my son. I think the Blackhawks are in the, in the bottom three or four in the NHL overall. They had a decent start. They were a little bit above 500. And then finally, the, the message got through that they got to stop uh, playing well or they're not going to have a chance to get Connor Bedard. <laughs> uh Bruce Cassidy, by the way, not a very good spokesperson for the new soccer team for Bournemouth. Oh, okay, he was wearing the scarf. I got to go back. He, look, to he that looked. Scarf. Out, I didn't watch him. He looked so uncomfortable. <laughs> he they? was so. He uncomfortable. did not want. He was hoping they were not going to ask him a question about it. <laughs> that thing was just like it wasn't like you know he could have tugged on it maybe to make it look like you know he was interested, and so they asked him, "What is that scarf?" Oh, Bill Foley just bought the new team, Bournemouth, blah, blah, blah. And so you're a big soccer fan? No, no. I just watched a little bit of the World Cup, but no. Okay, next question. Coming up next, we're going to be talking. (laughs) Coming up next, we're going to talk about Anil Maramanoff last night. First NHL goal. We'll talk about his role with his team, his journey, and much, much more. We return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back on Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. And thanks for making us your first listen. Your second listen has to be Lockdown Sports today. You could find out uh, that podcast wherever you get your podcast as well as ours. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Golden Knights. So, Daniel Marimanov, oh my goodness. I think that. Uh, a lot, he gained a lot of fans last night, especially with his post-game presser. Um, I listened to the post-game show as well and a lengthy interview with him uh, last night. And he's had a long role to make it to the NHL uh, from the USHL to the KHL and now to the National. And uh, we talked hey, about We finally him. got a KHL player that worked out. <laughs> it hasn't. Oh, his career's not over yet. Uh, no, good luck to him. But paired with Braden McNabb last night, scored his first NHL goal in the game, three points in the contest, an offensive defenseman. Um, we've heard about his offseason surgery. Uh, that kind of that kept him out of camp, out of training camp, and now he has a chance to break through in this lineup, as you mentioned. Uh, let's talk about him, his skills. You watched him a little bit in the American, and now he's in the National. So just a couple stats updates first. Uh, 21-22, 53 games played, 40 points, 11 goals, 29 assists. And then this year, after the injury, after missing camp, 17 games played, 6 goals, 7 assists, minus 8, but the Silver Knights there. All things are getting better with the Silver Knights. I think they're, they won 3 out of 4 right now without all these players right now. So it's uh, very interesting. Uh, a nice little storyline developing down in Henderson. Finally, hopefully they can keep it going, but you know, Miramanov, I just like him. I enjoy all of his interactions at the Silver Knights games. You see his pictures popping up on social during the practices, just stepping right out into the crowd and hanging out and, you know, BSing and stuff like that. He is such a likable fella. And this is before you watched an absolutely priceless uh, post-game interview last night. Um, so there was asked about the first goal and, there was two perspectives that I really enjoyed. One of course is, you know, he was obviously talking about his parents and he was asked, uh, you know, what are you going to say when you talk to him? And it was just such a smile and I did it in, in a very nice accent, of course. And, but just that 
that sense of accomplishment. And, you know, I couldn't help but think about, you know, watching my son play hockey and stuff like that. And, you know, he's a, a few steps away from where Miramanov is, but maybe one day I'll get that phone call, but that's okay. You know, point being is as a parent, you just love to watch that. And as a fan, you love to watch that. Now, the other side of that, um, I don't think it was our VGK. I don't think it was Ashley. I think it was someone else. I don't even know who the, who the person was, but they said when your reaction to the goal, you were just kind of like, you know, no big celebration, you know, nothing wasn't uh, going nuts, wasn't celebrating like, like a kid who just scored his first NHL goal, kind of business as usual. And I think he credited, if I got this right, a Quebec coach. Let me see. I got his hockey DB up here. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, he did. He, he, it, it was, was a, it was a Quebec coach, maybe in the QMJHL from the uh-huh. Moncton Wildcats. I don't know if I got that right or not, but I pulled it out from the hip. So we'll take it. Do um, they sell scarves with that organization? They probably do. They probably do. They probably do. I said organization. There's gonna be a lot of scarves and, and a lot more scarves in, in the in T-Mobile. I was gonna right be now. the first one on my block to have one. I'm so mad. So that's awesome. But back back to what he said. He said his coach would actually bench him after he got a goal, and to let him know to send a message. Bruce Cassidy maybe was was the coach, but um, to send a message that the game still goes on. The game needs to be played and don't get too high after you score a goal. Make sure you're, you know, be in the moment and and the big picture. And the fact that, you know, he yes, he's not a, he's not a 21 year old rookie by any means or anything like that, but he seems wise beyond his years, I guess, as far as his games played. And I mean, he's someone who might be around for a long time, depending on how he can contribute on the blue line. And, you know, once, if, if White Cloud comes back, if, uh, well, once Petrangelo comes back, once Theodore comes back, where does Miramanov fit into this right now? And, you know, could Miramanov be our sixth defenseman as long as there is an injury? You know, I, I think he pushed Ben Hutton already. Miramanov did have games played uh, in this last run where Ben Hutton was the scratch. And I think that was before Theodore's injury. So Hutton looks like he's uh, nudged himself to that seventh defenseman role. And it looks like we'll have Pahal playing on Thursday again, I would assume. And Korzak will just wait for someone else to go down because it seems like that's uh, the way of the land right now in, in the VGK world. Yeah, he's moved down, uh, Caden Korzak, down the pecking order, you would have to imagine now with uh, everything. And uh, we've seen Marimanov. He's credit Marimanov. We're not knocking him. Just credit Marimanov. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, no. He's definitely moved up. Uh, his stock has improved. He's made some mistakes, as we've seen. And, uh, you know, he was then again taking uh, Petrangelo's spot on the power play unit. Yes, how about you know? that? I know, right? And and uh, last night it was Petro's eighth game that he has missed uh, due to those personal reasons. So I was listening to the post-game interview on the radio. And that, if you really wanted to get more of a scope about this career and about Marimanov and everything – and all he could talk about, he said that he was much happier for the team to win than getting his first goal. The kid is just amazing. Like, so his parents, he said, when he was playing in Canada, would travel. They would travel. He said they'd never missed a game. So they watched his game, whatever the time was in Russia, wherever they've been. They've watched every single game. Uh, his parents and his fiance credited them. And he said in Canada, let me get this straight, his parents would travel 15, 16 hours to go watch him play live. Like, you know, while they moved up there or stayed up there at times. And ah, it was just incredible. And he said as a kid, um, either parent would be at practices like every day. 
Uh, so if his dad had to attend the business, mom would be there uh, and then vice versa. So I just you got a feel for this guy and he's just such a such a likable guy. And you've told us about him in the past and everything else. And hopefully, you know, things stay that way and he continues to play well. But that was just such a cool moment last night. And that's what stands out. Not that uh, stinking empty net goal. So. Yeah, um, everything is is very well said. And uh, I've got to thank everyone for their creativity, though. (laughs) You you (laughs) might be talking to uh, to Coach Golic right now. My son, uh, he'll be advancing up to uh, the next level, which will be a house league. And uh, I think I might have uh, stepped on the landmine and accepted a coaching role. So uh, we'll see how how that goes. <laughs> I do have some coaching experience. So I mean, right, uh, right. back in the day with my dad and stuff like that, and I've coached some inline hockey youth back in the day. And I'm on the ice lot, so I think I'll be qualified to handle the mites and uh, get those kids in order and get them ready for uh, the path. But you know, like I'm, I'm thinking, like that. That's all I can't stop thinking about. When we're talking about, you know, he's talking about his family and things like that, and. You know, as as a father watching, you know, your son going through all that, it's exciting. It's fun. And, you know, whether my son gets to this level one day or he, uh, you know, stays in the house leagues and just enjoys it either way, it's fun. And, you know, it's uh, hockey's a great sport and it's just mm-hmm. wonderful. These stories that do develop and yeah. these connections that we do make with the players. I know we're media and objective and whatever, but, you know, it's you can't help but to sit and enjoy stuff like this as it happens. And we're you know, blessed in a sense that we get to talk and BS about these things. Right. And for sure. And, you know, going again, playing in the KHL and we know the odds against, you know, a lot of players coming in, especially to Vegas, the size of the ice and here in Vegas, there's that perception. We get it, but yeah, great story. So tomorrow we'll be back with much more. Uh, We'll be talking about uh, the upcoming game as they take on uh, the VGK uh, we'll be playing in Chicago against the Blackhawks, and it will be probably LT, unless there's more mind games on the way uh, in that. And then uh, hopefully, you know, Tara. the VGK can continue <laughs> to play this way and play Brassois. better defensively. Brassois, Brassois, call him up. All right. For my man, Chris Golick of Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas, you all have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights.